Thought Lounge podcast. This is the third episode of our first Big Question series. Our guests in this episode are Larry Zeiger, Axel Kramer, Dave Ellison, Sten Walker, and Heidi Cruz. Listen to the first episode of this series for a full bio of each guest. In this episode, our guests will answer the question, when have you been most scared and have you recovered? Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes for weekly updates on the Thought Lounge podcast. For more information on Thought Lounge, visit thoughtlounge.org. Enjoy. I think the most terrifying thing that ever happened to me personally, I mean, there's always, you know, when you lose a parent is, of course, a very difficult situation or a friend or a student. Um, and those are very difficult to cope with. Um, when I was... Um, 16 years old I used to love to bicycle everywhere in Cleveland and I would go with my buddies and never tell my parents that we would bicycle from one town to another and um, you know come back and everything like that and I, I loved it and uh, so one day I came home and my ankle was swollen and my father was a doctor and he thought um, I had somehow sprained my ankle and I said, no, I don't think so. I don't recall doing it. And so they took me to the doctor, and the doctor said, yeah, it looks like you may have sprained it. Maybe you didn't realize it. And uh, so they put it in a cast, and it got oh, got really bad and swelled up really badly. And then it turned out I had developed a um, form of arthritis called psoriatic arthritis. And it came on like... Uh, gangbusters and here you are 16 in high school when I look back on it you know it's the time of your life and I'm hobbling around because it went from right ankle left ankle right knee left knee elbows uh, ultimately 30 years later my neck fused on its own so it's been a very difficult um, situation and then when I had graduated from college I was going to go to Ohio State and I went to the orientation with all my buddies, and I had just had fluid taken out of my knee like they always did and put cortisone in. And they told me, when I'm going through orientation, you should take uh, elevators, um, don't do stairs. Well, I wasn't gonna do that in front of my friends, you know, so I took all the stairs and my knee was getting worse. And, I uh, got back to Cleveland, and this had never happened before, but the fluid in the knee had traveled down my whole leg, and my father took me to the hospital, and they wanted to put me in the hospital, and he said he's a doctor, and he could take care of me, but I had to spend a month with my leg elevated up in the air until this all went down, and the only time I could leave the bed was to go to the, to ba- the bathroom. And it was a very difficult situation for me, so I wound up going to college in a warmer climate, and my parents insisted, and so I went to um, the University of Miami in Florida, and uh, the warm weather really helped a lot, and that's why I came out here for um, graduate school and stayed. But it's been um, it's been challenging. It just uh, it's every day you have to contend with it, and it's a difficult thing. That was Larry Zeiger. Next up is Axel Kramer. The time I've been most scared, I think compared to most people's most scared, is really not that scared. But it was when I was 11 years old. I went on this surf trip down to Baja, Mexico, down to this place called The Wall. And um, 
basically it was like 12 hours into Mexico and I went with my friend's dad and another one of my friend and his dad. Uh, one of, one of my friend's dads, Tom had basically brought me up surfing and it, he was, I trusted him like in the water more than anybody that I knew. He was all, he'd always look out for me, took me every single weekend, like every Sunday for a whole year we went, um, we'd go surfing together and so we go down to Baja, Mexico in my grandparents' RV, but it's just me and these four other people, but no, no, none of my parents. First time I think I've been away from my parents for more than like a couple, than like a week. Um, and we go down there the first, we go about uh, halfway and surf for a day. And it was like perfect waves, like six to eight foot which is basically some of the biggest waves I've ridden in my life. I'm about four foot six right now in my life. And so it's, it just seems huge, but I'm pushing my limits and like staying out surfing. I'd went a couple sessions a day, stayed out probably like six hours of surfing over the course of the days that we were there. Um, and then we went down to the wall and the day we got there, um, I got extremely sick. Like, on our way down, like just before, like a few hours before we got there, I just like all of a sudden had this really gnarly fever and um, just was feeling really bad. And so we got there, but I was just, I took some Advil and they're like, we're thinking about like heading back because he's really not looking good or not Advil, Tylenol, basically something to reduce the um, fever. So I'd feel better whenever I'd take the pills, obviously, because the fever would go down and then it'd go back up and I'd feel really bad. And I was getting all stuffy and like I had my lungs were clogged. So I finally went out surfing. Uh, no, I did. I was not supposed to go out surfing, but I told them that I was feeling really good. Like two days into it after watching my friends get some of the best waves of their life. Also, it was like one and a half times as big as even the few days before down at the other place. And this place is called the wall for a reason because the waves basically come in like a huge wall. And then there's also like a set of cliffs on the inside. So you actually have to paddle around from one side of the cliffs to get out to the break. But if you were to get cleaned up, like basically have the wave push you straight in, then you'd be in the in the rocks and the cliff. So it was um, kind of, you should be healthy and not 11 going out there. <laughs> and... <laughs> But I still, I had to go out. Like I just had to. So I paddled out and somehow like the first, I got all the way outside without even getting taken under. And I got an awesome wave. Like probably, uh, I mean, for sure up to that point in my life, the biggest wave I'd ever ridden and rode it all the way into what I thought was the channel. And then I look back and (laughs) it's like a huge set right out behind it. And I just start getting cleaned up. And like the first wave comes and I tried to take a breath. So I hadn't really had to like fight any waves at this point, but I take a, try to take a breath and I just get caught like, <gasps> like I can't take a big breath because my lungs are kind of like screwed up. And that I was freaked out. I was like, oh, so wave hits me and I basically come up and I thought I wasn't going to come up from that wave because I had basically taken in no air. Um, but that wasn't even nearly as bad as like the subsequent I thought, you know, I thought it would be like a three or four wave set. It ended up being an eight wave set. And every single wave, I thought that I was like not going to come up. And then I did. (laughs) And I paddled back out because you had to paddle out and over to get to get back in. And then uh, 
rode in and I remember seeing Tom on my way in, he was paddling back out from where the channel actually was. And like, I remember just making eye contact for a second. He saw my face and he saw, I was like truly freaked out. Like he knew I was going in and I was like, I'm you know, I'm going in, I'm going in. And then, wow. I just remember walking along. So got in, got up on the rocks and took my board and is like a half mile walk back to the RV and just like thinking like I was so happy to be alive. That was Axel Kramer. Next up is Dave Ellison. Well, I think there's some things that I could recall as a kid being scared from, uh, you know, physical harm of drowning, out surfing, you know, thinking a, a wave was gonna drown you, uh, being pummeled over and over again. But the, I think those are just uh, physical, experiences that you have. One of the scariest things that has ever occurred for me was um, my wife Connie's eldest son, Brady, was killed in an accident um, out in the desert. The people that were with him knew me, called me, and I had to deliver that message to her, not knowing um, how she was going to take that. And... uh, what I was going to get on, uh, from her on the other side of that. Uh, it was the most difficult um, thing for me to deliver that I've ever delivered to anyone. And also within the point of time finding out and going to get to see her, to tell her, was a very scary, albeit very short period of time. But that was uh, by far the scariest thing I've ever had to do. Um, recoverable on that is that it probably drew us closer because uh, it now sticks out in her mind and in my mind that I was the one that had to deliver that message and it, it could have come from a number of sources but I just happened to be that liaison in between people um, but so I think it's brought us closer and bound our union for a longer period of time over something very, very substantial. That was Dave Ellison. Next up is Sten Walker. Okay, a couple things. Um, there's different kinds of scared that I've experienced. Um, night terrors, those are fun. That's when I'm like half asleep, half awake, and then something's going on in my head uh, that the cool kids call hyperactive agency detection. It's like when you, when you see a pile of clothes and mistake it as a serial killer rather than mistaking a serial killer as a pile of clothes. Anyways, I saw demons in my bedroom, and uh, I would see them, I would scream, and then I would go, oh... Okay, and that's just done. I just like there's no more, no more demons. But honestly, I'm more afraid of <laughs> talking to pretty girls <laughs> than I am of monsters. Um, I mean, there's other moments of terror, like feeling my pocket and not feeling my phone there. There's. Um, I guess existential angst, but seriously, like what worries me the most is squandering 
things like uh, wasting what I've had because it's can't I, I can't go back I can't and it's my fault and there's it's really hard to switch it to a learning experience besides don't do that again you dummy so I'm scared of squandering things Oh, I had a knife pointed at me once, but I was more angry than scary. Scared at that point. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, ed- existential angst <laughs> from a 24-year-old. I just, just don't want to waste things. That was Sten Walker. Next up is Heidi Cruz. So. And again, it was a great question because it was the other one that it was it was the main question that led me to think to myself, like, I don't have to think about that for a second. And it was recent. It was recently last summer. I had a breast cancer scare. And um, once women turn 40, I believe you go in every year for a mammogram. And I had gone in and they called me back and said, we found something that needs further investigation and can you come back in? And that's not that unusual with women my age. Um, But they did say, can you come back in tomorrow? And so then as the minute they said that, I was terrified because that isn't as common to be brought straight back in. And as it happened, I couldn't go in the next day. I had a work retreat that I really couldn't miss. And so I then put myself in this awful situation of dragging out this horrible news that I could have when they when the clinic called they did say when you come in the test that we will do we will give you the results at the end of the test you don't have to wait and so I had put myself in a position of doubling the amount of time of waiting for those results and it doesn't sound like a lot of time but in this day and age I mean, they've made huge strides in breast cancer um, survival, but it, it, it can also be a death sentence. And I just felt like I'd been handed a death sentence. And I was so scared that I didn't tell a soul because I thought to myself, if I don't tell anybody about this, nothing bad is going to happen. I can just kind of keep it all in. And so I didn't tell anybody. Well, I didn't tell a soul. I just kept it to myself. And by the time I went in for the um, checkup, I'd already convinced myself that I did have breast cancer and what my next plan was. And um, it was about a three-hour appointment. And I, of course, the worst thing about the internet is that you can research such a double-edged sword with good and bad on the internet because every single thing that's slightly like the thing that you think is, you know, right there. So you just convince yourself. And I knew that when I went back that there were four stages and hopefully they would say to me during my first stage of the appointment, oh, it's all good. And they just kept me. And so I had stage one and the doctor reviewed stage two. And so each time... 
I was just worse and worse because I knew that they could have sent me home after the stage one and they didn't or stage two or stage three. And so then it was all this, it was just a self-fulfilling prophecy that, oh my God, I have breast cancer. And um, they did, they kept me waiting for a long time and then they did come in and say, it's, you know, it's clear, you're, we need, do you need to see you more often, but it's fine, like you can go home. And they've, the, um, the office is obviously very used to giving terrible news to women. I mean, the worst news you can hear. And so they were very casual with me because it was good news. But it was interesting because even as they handed me my clothes, as soon as I got my own clothes back and was able to take the gown off, I just burst into tears because I was so... I was so relieved and I'd been so scared and it was it must be very unusual in life to be able to have that incredible sensation of just pure fear and then in just a split second to be told you're all good you know don't worry and it was a really insane sensation to just go from that in literally a split second um, but it's definitely the most scared that I've been. And that was Heidi Cruz. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Big Question series. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to get weekly updates on the Thought Lounge podcast every Saturday. The next question our guest will answer is, can you describe something you believe can greatly help people? For more information on Thought Lounge, visit thoughtlounge.org. Till next time, good thinking always.